Hello. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, Raina, we can hear you. So I'm going to do the introduction Hi. now, and then okay. we flow from there. Cool. <laughs> I smoked what remained of my previous night's embassy light cigarette. I took a shower. The water was cold, but my body was warm. My thoughts were elsewhere. I surveyed my body on the mirror and foolishly smiled. I concluded that I am the portrait of an African man. The African version of Brad Pitt on a mission to get the African version of Angelina Jolie. Welcome to Case number zero, this bonus episode, we are talking to an actress, writer, and director. You must have seen her from The Blacklist, Blue Bloods, and Bull. And she has been listening to our podcast and made some interesting observations about the characters, the situations, and we thought it would be great to have her on the program. Her name is Reina. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. All right. My name is James Smart, and I'm hanging out with my producer, Vincho. Hi. And this story about Bokonko Bosire, this journalist turned blogger who disappeared without a trace, that's the subject of our podcast. And for seven years, the whereabouts of this blogger has been unknown. Our producer, Vincho, has been talking to people in and around this story for close to five years now. Yeah, James, this story has had many twists and turns, and it's taken us so much time to piece everything together. And like everything that's so big like this, you lose track of things, or sometimes you overlook things. And in trying to find some answers, you have to speak to people who don't know the subject as intimately as you do. And that's why we have Rainer, our actor friend, to join us for some very important perspectives and thoughts. Absolutely, Rainer. Can, can we bring you in now? Um, we're seven episodes in. We're still editing the last uh, chapter that drops mm -hmm. within seven days. Uh, for you, what's the first thing that draws you into this story uh, or drew into the story? Is it the mystery? Would you say the character of the man or the story just played or other characters involved? I think for, yeah, I think it was the character of the man and then um, what kind of made my ear kind of cocked to the side was the relationship with uh, his best friend and his his response to his disappearance and it just there were just things that struck me as odd and just questions that I had um, that I 
hope that, you know, maybe Vincho can, I wanted Vincho to shed some light on. I don't know. I'm just somebody who's into like investigative stories. I like those types of shows. And uh, this was one that is close to me because of my relationship with Vincho. Right. Um, So earlier on, from when we started this podcast, uh, one of the earliest characters that we introduced to the podcast uh, was Bogonko's longtime friend and confidant, Dennis Itumbi. And many of our listeners thought there was something a little odd and didn't quite add up with his story per se. So this is how we introduced mm-hmm. uh, Dennis to the podcast. Take a listen. When and how did you meet Busiri? Well, I met him on my first day in college. It's quite an interesting day, but uh, when I met Bosire, he's the one who showed me where I was going to spend that night. I arrived in college on a Friday. I could not make it to go through all the clearances in school, so I didn't get a place to sleep. Hmm. Uh, so, Reina, there's something about the introduction of this character. What, what does stands out for you? Well, I think the fact that it was almost like he had to be forced to make a statement. And I, I just wondered, I was like, like, where is his outrage at the um, system in terms of the, the police force not um, taking more initiative in trying to find him? And that just struck me as odd because if you're in a position of power, why wouldn't you be on, you know, more front-footed about it. Um, but it seemed like the only reason that he made this Facebook post that you guys mentioned in the podcast was because I think there were some radio, there was like a radio personality or something that had mentioned him and said that he knows where he is. And then there were other investigative journalists that were, pressuring him and I I just go why do you need to pressure someone if this was his best friend yeah uh eventually you you spent time to you know trying to uh get Dennis um did did he speak I think we speak this on the did, did he just come out outrightly and wanted to be interviewed I think like uh, what Reina is mentioning that he did make the statement. So what happened was he made the statements before uh, Jeff Koinange, who is a TV personality, um, said that he knows mm-hmm. where Bogonko is. But he made the statement because we, like the people who went to college with Bogonko, were like, where is Bogonko? You have the power to find him. So... Where is mm-hmm. he? But also, like, it's good that you bring this up because a lot of people heard that Bogonko was missing from Dennis Itumbi. So then it might have not mm-hmm. have been necessarily him um, trying to do PR post the uh, TV personality bringing this up and the other uh, investigative journalist. I think it was like from the get-go, he knew that people are going to ask him about Bogonko, and then he mm-hmm. released the statement. Right, and I, w- I was actually trying to uh, find that statement. I'm not on Facebook, so I couldn't I, I couldn't find it, the statement, and I just wanted to 
to read it just to see the language that he used because it just seems, you know, I just feel like if one of my best friends went missing, I don't know that I would have time to make a statement because I would be out there working to find them and putting pressure in the right places if I I was in a position of power to, um, you know, initiate an investigation. Um, So that, I don't know, that just struck me as odd. And then from the things that you guys mentioned that he mentioned in the Facebook post, there's this introduction of this woman, which, you know, Bogonko is not here. Like he can't, he can't speak for himself. So it's almost like, it feels almost like a narrative has been created uh, that kind of is directing people in a, in, in a certain um it's pointing people in a pointing people in a certain direction. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he is he is in control of that narrative. Mm. And there's no one to refute that. Right. And so then fast forward to the episode where he talks to you about this woman that he stayed with. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they'll call you, eh? Then have a chat with them. Just give them those last moments of when Bogonko visited and those photos, if you still have them, of him in a barn at Kipanda Mat. Uh-huh. Eh. There is a guy who was calling that night and Bogonko was mad. Bogonko was mad. Or something. Or something you're saying when somebody was calling at night. No, 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 you can't be sure. It's, a, it's, just a, it's just something to be, we are just celebrating Bogonko. Bogonko's life. Oh, okay. Eh, we are just celebrating Bogonko. Bogonko's life. Oh, okay. Eh, we are still president. Oh, okay. Sawa, sawa. Ah, yeah. Okay, so just ask me maybe what maybe when you guys took in Yeah. So this this is the the interview setup um where Venture was interviewing Dennis. I found it odd the the relationship between so when he calls, I mean what what I heard, what I remember hearing is once she answers the phone, she immediately knows yeah there just seems to be a familiarity and so my question was okay this interview the uh, vincio that you had with him was two years after his yeah. disappearance yeah right yeah so in that so i in my head the way i'm i'm thinking about this i'm like okay you know that your friend spent time with this woman several days before he disappeared. She's one of the first people I would start questioning. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. And then there's, based on that information, you, you know, you're thankful for whatever information she shares with you and you 
you keep it moving. Right. In terms of the investigation. So my question then is, how did they become so familiar with each other? Are like what is the connection over these two years? Because the two years now have passed since he has he's gone missing, and then he says something like she's she's like the perfect person or something. I can't I couldn't make out exactly what he says. I don't know if you guys can find that. She's authentic. She I've not met her personally, but I feel like I've met her due to the conversation she's given, the details she's given about Fogonko. She. She's a star. Did it feel to you that... Um, it sounded rehearsed? Yeah. I wouldn't say it sounded rehearsed. It just sounded like... It sounded like she was expecting the call because she she answers the phone and it's like, hey, or, or I don't know. It just seemed like... It just sounded like they talked recently is what it sounded like. And then he was like, yeah, and, you know, uh, so they'll be calling you. Tell them about, you know, the man who who was calling him that night. And and it, it, it just sounded like they had recently spoken. Mm. Mm. And, it, and to me, it brings up because he is the only person who knew of this woman and who introduced this woman to the narrative. Right. We don't, we don't know for sure if this woman is a plant, if she's been planted in the story. Because another thing that I, I asked Vincho, I said these, these supposed photos of him that were taken while he was with her, because when Vincho asked her to produce the pictures, she can't, her phone, she lost her phone. She, the pictures, where did these pictures come from? Did they come from Dennis? Did she supposedly send these pictures to him? So, uh, about because the pic- someone also who someone also who doesn't like taking pictures, he's in these pictures by himself. The reason why she says that she let him stay is because he's somewhat of a star. He's a celebrity. Mm-hmm. If you're a celebrity, if you want to take a pic, like usually, and, and you don't like taking pictures, you would be more uh, inclined to take a picture with someone because they want a selfie with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's no proof that he was actually with this woman, except from Dennis's mouth. Wow. Um, I've I've never thought about it in this direction. Yeah. Uh, but there's interesting things there that I'd like to, you know, sort of get into. But we flip it back a bit from the woman's perspective. Vincho, you actually asked her how her and Dennis met in your interview. So how how you how how did you become friends with Itumbi just by speaking on the phone? Um, Itumbi would interact and engage each other on social media. And uh, during the campaign periods, I realized I was like, personally, also, I was so much into Jubilee. So anyone who was supporting Jubilee, I would follow the posts. And, and I would follow him. The updates and, yeah. 
so basically she said that she met Itumi on Facebook because uh, both Itumi and Bogonko were like campaigning for Jubilee Party, which ended up being like the ruling, the current ruling party in Kenya. Um, but also just to get back to the photos, uh, to be clear to our audiences, she, when we asked her, she said she didn't have a phone and she'll give us the photos and she had uh, blah, blah, blah. But eventually she did provide a drive with the photos. But you bring up like really poignant points in a way that we never thought to question her because when we were there, she seemed sincere. And I guess mm. if you are going to um, do something like this, then like to us, she was like, okay, we believed everything she said because she was kind and, and James likes to joke that it's because of the food that she offered us that we never... That's an important mm. part of the story. <laughs> Went and did... Wait, say that again? Uh, he says that the food situation because she offered as soon as we walked in we had a meal i think i think we should set this up so <laughs> vicho and crew drive for more than two hours from nairobi to this town called Moer, and they arrive there and they find this woman um ready and willing to meet them and the first thing she does is she stuffs them with food <laughs> and if if perhaps not for one of the crew members, they would have slept there. So that that is the background. We we didn't mention this in the podcast. Uh, but anyway, in in, in all uh, seriousness, um, the the point of view of what happened in Moa is very important uh, because we know about this woman from Dennis Itumbi. That's one, and two. Most importantly. For two years, Dennis Tumbi did not reveal th this woman to anyone until this interview. So something must have happened in those two years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's... I don't know. From mm -hmm. my... <laughs> it, it just seems suspect. It's very suspect to me. Um... <laughs> And you mentioned that she gave you these photos on a like a flash drive. Yeah. <laughs> and so so now I go okay. Well, that's convenient that all these photos because initially in the in the interview she says she lost her phone or she broke her phone or something. Yeah. yeah. What did she say about the phone? So she said that she lost her phone and then she lost her. I want to say Facebook account, and now now I feel like so stupid. <laughs> it's the food I tell you. Lost a phone. How do, you can't lose a Facebook account, as far as I know. You can forget your password, but you can ask right. for a new password, right? Right. But now these photos have conveniently showed up on a drive. Like how she recovered the photos? Where, yes. Where, how did she? How did she recover the photos? Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, no. Um, so what we know, what she told us, and now I feel like an idiot. I guess this is what I get for making this podcast. Um, <laughs> I'm like, let me interview this woman. <laughs> yes, Raina. <laughs> when can you get here? Um, oh, my goodness. 
Right. No, I. She. So what happened was she said that the 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 drive that she gave us belonged to Bogonko actually, and that. Uh, oh, so he, now she has property of his. Yeah. Wow. Like it's just my point. My point in this is like it's just all too convenient for me. Right. It's just a little bit too convenient, and there's no one to corroborate except for. Jenna. The two of them, yeah. Wow. Um it's all too convenient. I I don't know how to move from there because there's all these questions still hanging from where. Um yeah. So this <laughs> this is yeah. not a convenient uh, bonus episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean I'm trying to, I had written some, hold on, I'm just looking at um, some notes that I took. Oh, I also had a question. At the top of the, the first podcast, um, the roommate says that he he was acting differently, that he came home drunk, he didn't change his clothes and ask for money. And just listening to how people describe him, in terms of him being drunk and not changing, like what was the thing that was different? Was it the asking for money part? Or because other people say that he he asked for money, but he always would pay them back. So I wasn't clear on how his behavior was different. Right. I, I mean, because he's 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 an alcoholic, which I also want to talk about. Right. Um, uh, yeah, I think let, let, let's let's address that a bit first before you continue because it's been a sticking point okay. on on and, and you know the first one who raised it. Um, we've had a couple mm-hmm. of people who raised this same question. Yeah, I have an explanation for that, Reina. Um, so, th- with family, Bogonko behaved differently, and like the things that revealed in the podcast are also like a revelation to the family. So, for example, he wouldn't go home for days, but every time he went home, he'd shower and then, uh, you know, leave money for food because the cousin was a younger cousin and then leave. And then he would outside when Mm -hmm. he interacted with people who are not family, he'll just be like. And I, like whoever he was, when he's like, then he'll like he'll not he'll stay for days without changing. Mm-hmm. He'll mm-hmm. stay for days without going home. He'll ask for money, but for his family, including his cousin who was the roommate, he was the provider. So for him, this was, uh, gotcha. you know, jarring. The cousin said that he asked for money and promised him that he was going to Mpesa him, which is like the Kenyan version of Venmo. Um, so he was like, give me money. I'm going to Mpesa you later in the day. Uh, yeah, and he never asked for money from the cousin. Gotcha. And he never left the house without showering. Like, Bogonko's whole sole goal of going back to the, his house was to shower. Mm-hmm. After four days. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Got it. Uh, uh, we've resolved that. It, Shall we go to the next okay. question? Hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so my other, uh, uh, not concern, but the other thing that piqued my interest was, was his alcoholism, right? Because 
people say that in the beginning, like he right. just kind of drank socially, right? And then there was this point where he started drinking more and he, he was a full on alcoholic. My experience with people who abuse any substance that there's some sort of trauma right and so my question was well what what happened yeah something did something happen that caused him to start drinking more and it's it's usually like a coping mechanism a way to not feel certain feelings um and just escape right and so I, I'm like, I'm curious about that period of his life when he started drinking more, like what was going on. And, um, you revealed to me, Vincho, in our separate conversation that Dennis is not a drinker, right. that he doesn't drink alcohol at all. And so I'm like, if your best friend is going down a path that's self-destructive and like you have to be aware Mm -hmm. you and and hypersensitive about it because you don't drink so i would be curious to know about like what was going on at that time for him uh personally because there's something i mean you see it in so many sort like right now i'm thinking of of uh of whitney houston and the thing the things that she felt she needed to keep secret about and and, and Mm. things that she felt she needed to repress in order to have the career that she had. And so I just go, you know, you guys also bring up this question of of his sexuality. And I feel like if you have to question, then there's there's room for it to be anything. You know what I mean? And so that just made me go, well, maybe, maybe he was homosexual or bisexual or was repressing something about his sexuality. Um, And then it makes me think about the, the women that he supposedly had crushes on and how he treated them. And, and it's it just all it's just all questions for me at this point and i think they're questions that are uh yeah. worth in asking and investigating and and it makes me also question like his relationship with dennis like was there something between them their best friends is dennis married i don't i don't know you know what i mean does he does he have a family like what I, I don't know. Uh, I, I mean, it's you have question. so many questions. <laughs> all, oh my god! All like pertinent to the to us, like figuring out who this person was, right? Also, yeah. wait, 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 wait. Also, in terms of the sexuality, the one-legged right. woman that he's looking for, right? There, there are a lot of like phallic symbols. The one-legged woman, the banana. These are all. So yeah. it just, I, I, I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. <laughs> wow. Wow. Okay. So I'll try to like <laughs> summarize your questions with answers that I do know. Uh, when we went college, Bogonko was in a drunkard. Mm-hmm. He actually, he barely drank. And then he joined the French agency press and mm-hmm. he barely drank. And then 
just before I left uh, Kenya, 2010, he was drinking, but not as heavily. Like, he'd buy booze for people, but not get as drunk. So, like, I wasn't there for the days that necessitated him going to rehab. So then I don't know, like, when the switch flip happened. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do know that um, mm-hmm. he was uh, finding intellectual stimulation at a bar, like the Potter House, and hanging out with people who, mm-hmm. like, matched his intellect and who drank a lot. So that could have been... Right. It sounds like it was like a cultural right. the, part of the culture. Right. right? So he, he mm-hmm. sort of like became part of this group that sort of like uh, socialized while drinking, but in the mm-hmm. end it's too much drinking. Um, uh, right. But this my question about that is because it was so, his, his job was really important for, to him and it was like his identity almost. At what point do you start sacrificing that to deal with whatever it is you're dealing with that's causing you to drink? So so two two things. Uh, First, we had from AFP colleagues, and there's this specific comment from Mm -hmm. uh, this lady called Marie Laura Mungai, and this is what she wrote. So I just listened to the first two episodes. Really great work, Vincho. Bosire, that's how we used to call him over there, was my colleague at AFP from 2006 to 2009. And this is the most important thing, I think. We tried to help him fight his demons repeatedly, but failed. His tragic downfall haunts me to this day. So that's the first, I think, indication of knowing what happened at AFP. There's something that happened during that time. So the job was fine. He was doing well. But then Mm -hmm. something was happening. Right. Also, another colleague mm-hmm. uh, that was on the program, Tom Maliti, gave us a very uh, sort of vivid example of when um, he knew him as a social, drink, a social drinker and then to someone who would drink and just fall asleep, you know, in, in hotels, yeah. uh, meet assignments. Yeah, but, but also, like, he covered, like, really mm. sad stories and really depressing stories and deal with, like, the crisis mm-hmm. in Sudan and, like... Um, uh, the Kiamba mm-hmm. massacre, which is like w- the post-election violence in Kenya. You are interviewing mm-hmm. mothers who've lost their uh, children and interviewing mm-hmm. like pastors mm-hmm. who've lost their uh, flock. Mm-hmm. And then how do you cope with that mm-hmm. when also you're going home mm-hmm. to your uh, baby cousin who is just like discovering life and you don't want to be like sharing this heavy subjects with mm. him. So it could have been from mm-hmm. him being like a political journalist and covering yeah. like really tough uh, subjects, like uh, subjects that yeah. meant yeah. Uh, life or death to many uh, mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the people that he was covering. So it could have been that. You know what? Come to think of it, it's actually three things. And the third point is that we have discussed the issue of Bugonko's sexuality in this podcast. Here's how we discussed with Dennis Itumbi in Chapter 3. Do you think he was gay? Okay, well, I don't think he was gay. I do not think he was gay. He was actually not gay. 
I, I think I've have one or two moments where I have cause to believe he wasn't gay. In any case, he loved his women. He was looking for one leg to one. So he he just like he just did things because he wanted to do and it didn't like conform at all. Yeah, yeah, he 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 believed in the unconventional. He believed he had come to the world to participate on his space and he jealously guarded his space. I think he he did well for the time that he lived on that space. <laughs> Yeah, I have I I I have another question, uh, if I may ask. So, yes, so I think it's it's Dennis's. I mean, um, Bogunko's brother or sister. I can't remember, but one of them says like he has stopped returning or answering their calls. Right. Yeah. Is that, so do I have this information correct? Yeah, it's uh, Elkana Bogonko's brother say that uh, Dennis at some point stopped returning their calls. Yeah. Right. Now, now, for me, that's a red flag because, again, if my best friend went missing, I could only imagine that my relationship with the family, I, I would be closer to the family because I would be doing everything in my power to help them and also feeling some level of responsibility, especially if I'm in a position of power. Right. Um, and I feel like the least I could, could and would do after years of my friend being missing is to answer their call. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, um, I think to 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 be clear, in as we finished the interview of Dennis, he he sounded like this situation had weighed down on him. Um, I think uh, emotionally because everyone kept asking him of this mm. disappearance, um, and and he made a comment that he will continue searching for his friend, if I'm not wrong. Um, and it's important for him. So perhaps there's something there that maybe because everyone questioned him in the beginning, so maybe he took a role of defending himself a bit, a bit more than should have been necessary. I don't you know, know. As an actor, we you know a person by their actions, not by what they're saying. And so I say, look at the actions of this man, and ask if it adds up just listening to it and it may be because it's been so many years um but what is missing for me from from Dennis is where is his outrage at the situation and how the investigation was handled i'm not hearing that at all but i don't know if it's because what i'm hearing is 2 years later but still, I feel like, <laughs> I mean, there are things that we talk about that are decades past that outraged us back yeah. in the day. And we still, when we talk about it, those feelings still are present and come up. I, I don't know. And, you know, everyone is different and handles things differently. So, you know, I don't know this man, but um, I just, I, I, 
at no point am I hearing his frustration with the situation. I'm hearing a very yeah. kind of like lax attitude and oh she's a star she's the perfect person I'm gonna put you in like I don't know it's just uh, it just rubs me (laughs) right uh, in a very peculiar way you are right and and I think like this is why it was important to bring you on because we like Dennis is my Mm -hmm. friend Mm -hmm. (laughs) I went to school Mm -hmm. with him and was friends with Bogonko, and I knew him as intimately as probably Bogonko did. Mm-hmm. Um, you sure about that? No, like. <laughs> <laughs> May God forgive James. No, I'm I'm following Reina right now. Just follow the actions. So, not what people yeah. say. Right, right. No, but like. I I knew like we all met when we were young and fresh and we thought we'd change the world and here we are and <laughs> the world is like screwing us but um the thing with the tumbi is that because I went in as talking friend mm-hmm. to friend what happened to our friend I did not have the hindsight to ask these questions that you're bringing up and I think they are very very necessary um yeah, and I'm glad that you, Reina, could just, like, come and ask your many questions. But I think also because you guys have, you guys have been dealing with this, like, you, 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 first of all, you're talking about the disappearance of your friend, and it, 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 it's almost like it's too close for you to see the things that, that I'm able to see being an outsider. Um, yeah. Right. So, so I feel too. like you know, show yourself some grace in that regard. Thank you. Um, we've asked everyone who come to the podcast from the information that we have and what we do not have. What do you think happened to Bogongo? <laughs> so I, I, I don't, I have a very active imagination. I can't say what happened to him, but what I feel like I can say is that Dennis either knows what happened and is protecting the people that have caused his disappearance or Mm -hmm. he is part of the cause of his disappearance. Hmm. <laughs> That's very intense. Um and and very deep. I we're about to we're like about to wrap up. I just wanted to ask you guys in terms of that episode about jackal and who owned mm-hmm. jackal and the website and the the the, the um I, I don't know if they were tweets that came in that that um yes, right. yeah if you guys found out who like where they came from yeah i was yeah. just curious about if you had any um i'm just gonna say that, that you are you're you're in the same headspace as his family because they're also asking um but 
um, Gems did like a good job, uh, like talking to the IT specialists and figuring out who owns this. Uh, so Gems, uh, a guy called Stephen Rono, Moses, Moses Rono, uh, and from my pre-interview with Moses Rono, he said that what he did with Bogonko because he was sort of helping him set up and Bogonko wasn't IT uh, savvy. There are people who knew him could tell you that he would not be opening up a Twitter account or an Instagram, Instagram account or whatever. So Moses was helping him to set it up and what Moses did, Moses found a friend that of of his who is Somewhere, is, is it in Norway or where, where is it? Uh, Netherlands. Netherlands. Yes. At the Hague. At the Hague. Mm. So what, Ron, what he says is he connected the two of them to sort of set up this mm -hmm. business. And so what Bogonko would do is he would write the story, then send it to the guy in Netherlands. The guy in Netherlands would upload it. So the guy in Netherlands had the logins and the passwords of everything else. Bogonko didn't have, he didn't run that part of the business. He ran this mm -hmm. storytelling part of the business. Yeah. He produced the content and then the guy in Netherlands, uh, who's Kenyan, so let's not think he's a Dutch guy, uh, published so, the content. So this guy who has all the passwords and, and was actually the one making the post, he still has that, he still has access to that. So right. yeah. are we right. assuming that this guy made that post? So, I mean, honestly, I would want to have a clear answer for the family because also like the family, the only way that the sister and the brother in chapter eight will speak to this, they, uh, they go on their uh, Twitter mm -hmm. accounts and like social media accounts to sort of like see what's up and they see like there's a new post and then they message the person they're like where are you mm -hmm. Bogonko and then the person goes offline and this is just like torturing the family this so I would also want to have a clear answer yeah yeah, yeah I would like to talk to these guys because uh, but this so continued social media posts uh, gives the family this uh, right. hope that yeah. uh, their son is somewhere and he keeps on showing up, uh, checking what's happening and, you know, putting up tweets and that mm. sort of thing. Um, yeah, but that post, the right. post that says, like, I, I can't remember it verbatim, but it basically says that he he's yeah. no longer with us and it's because yeah. he had a loose mouth. That also came from his account. Yeah. yeah. So... Right, and so that's why I'm like, does it, I'm assuming Dennis is aware of this post. Like, where's mm -hmm. Dennis in this conversation? Like, is he in conversation with this person? Because that, that's a pretty foul thing to mm -hmm. post using the person who, who has disappeared, using their, their account mm -hmm. to say that. Like, this person, I would think that if authorities are still investigating this disappearance, that they would want to talk to this person too. The, the main, like, how do you say how do you say something like that using this disappeared man's right. account? And 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 the thing is that you said 
if the authorities are. Would you say if what? Because you said if the authorities are investigating this. Right. And I'm underlining the if because I don't if. think they mm-hmm. were, if ever. Right. Yeah. Right. So we. But this person is still out there. Yeah. And still has access to the account. Right. So you have to assume that this is someone, this is coming from this same person who's making yeah. posts right. under this account name. Right. So why has this person not been investigated? And why has Dennis in the position that he's in, why has he not Stop the person. Uh, taken the initiative to question this person? Just like he took the initiative to talk to this mystery woman. True. And honestly, like, I wish we had it in our power as like the producers of this podcast to talk to the person and be like, just if you're not Bogonko, stop posting from this, uh, from his social media accounts, because mm-hmm. this is, this is something that gives his family like false hope, but also, uh, they're not only like hopeful, but they're also worried for Bogonko. They're like, he must be even lonelier and needing us more than we are because we are many and he's only one. And how do we reconcile that? And in actual sense, I think that mm. it's not Bogonko doing this. And if someone could stop that, they should. Yeah. Right. But also the fact that you made a post saying that he is not, he's no longer here. Right. Yeah. How do you know, how, how do you know this information? That's the part for me, like, like I, I totally, you know, sympathize with the family and how torturous this is seeing posts from your son or, or siblings account and thinking that, you know, it's coming from, from him, but mm-hmm. also there has, there's a post that the way it's written, clearly it's not Bogunko who wrote that, mm-hmm. but you are, you are con- Confirming that he has been killed. Right. Right. And to me, that's just like, okay, well, why is, why is this person still out there? Why, why have, have the police not brought this person in for questioning? Because yeah. clearly you have some everybody else doesn't have. Right. Yeah, so there's definitely some unresolved questions um, in the podcast. Uh, From the beginning when we started this, it was always going to be a long shot. It was always going to be about questions. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel we have raised enough questions and brought the timeline much closer for the authorities and the police and anyone else who wants to investigate to move it forward. And you've raised fantastic questions in this bonus episode. So, Reina, want to thank you very, very much for your time uh, and your expertise. Uh, I, th- <laughs> I, I think your 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 time um, in blacklist really, really has worked for us. So, <laughs> absolutely, well, thank you. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't make it. My character didn't make it on that show, so let's not 
you know, I mean, nah. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully I'll offer better than that. But, um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm happy to have had this conversation and, and to share my perspective and questions with you guys. And I, I, I truly hope that, um, you guys get some answers. Right. Like, thank you, know, you so much uh, for taking the time to listen, but also take notes and question and put us to task. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We have to go back to the field. Thank you. Oh, for giving us so more. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew, right? Who knew? I know, right. Vinto, you did it. <laughs> I had no idea. But Maxi Boku. Imani ni dango, usiepe ni aroduto Omiyo wapari sechete Imani ni dango, usiepe ni aroduto Nunge wapari sani Fii 